This week's episode is brought to you by the Doors Open Connect app platform, available on the Apple App Store to download now. Designed by real estate professionals for real estate professionals. Looking to leverage your business and take it to the next level with the newest technology available? Doors Open Connect. If you're not sure what we're about, make sure to listen to the first episode ever and we'll keep the doors open so your deals stay closed. All right, coming to you live from seat to table. This is Deshaun Robinson with Doors Open Connect. I'm here with my co-host, Ricky Haas, and we have with us some special guests today. Obviously, we have Bill McDaniels from the Collier County Commissioner, and we are here to celebrate, one, um, his future, but also what he's done so far as well. So we want to uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Thank you very much, Deshaun. It's, it's my honor to be here with you tonight. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and answer a few questions as we go along. Oh, yeah. Well, um, tell us a little bit about your event tonight at uh, Seat to Table. Uh, this is uh, this is an event to uh, close out the election. As you know, uh, November third is a very big day for all of us in this country, especially for me. I'm, I'm up for re-election the first time. I've had the honor of serving as uh, Collier County Commissioner now for the for the last four years, uh, and this is a, an event to gather a little bit of money, get some volunteers, have people out holding signs, and carry us through to and finish up on election day. That's right, and uh, you've done a lot for this community already, especially in the field of real estate. I understand um, with the commercial uh, investment side of things. What have you seen since you've been on the board, so, um, and what would you like to see happen for the future in Collier County? Well, as, as far as real estate goes, 1987, Sean, is wow. when I opened. <laughs> yeah, before you were born, I think. Uh, it's when I opened my first real estate company, and I transacted, literally closed. And for those listening that are realtors, they know there's a difference between selling and closing. And that was down here, correct? Yes, sir. All in Collier County. Literally. So you got to see all the changes from... Been participatory in it. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, what a blessing. What a blessing. I, uh, I, I moved here in 1981. I've lived here for 39 years. And I have to share with you that... It, it, my previous life in the private sector has carried right over into my service in the community as a commissioner. I consider real property rights sovereign. Amen. There is yep. no discussion about it. And I have watched time after time after time people try to take those real property rights away without paying due consideration infringements and restrictions on those rights and to try to take them away. It's happened innumerable times just in my first four years. Right. Um, since uh, since you've been a, a Collier County Commissioner, what, what's one thing that you're most proud of uh, being a part of uh, once serving on the board? Can I answer that real quick? Not, not on his behalf, but on behalf of uh, Patriots Everywhere. <laughs> I snuck in here, huh? We got Patrick Dearborn here. Hey, I'm just going to jump in here before we get Alfie Oates because Alfie wants to get on with Bill as well. He's a big supporter of Bill McDaniel. Look, man, you guys are dear friends of mine. Deshaun, Ricky, I'm a huge fan of Doors Open Connect. Your all's podcast is the podcast in Southwest Florida. And what's awesome is you guys are branching out. You're, you're speaking up. You're stepping up and standing up like Alfie did, like this guy right next to me did. So my proudest moment of him and knowing him now several years and being a former planning commissioner of Collier County is just like Alfie. 
when times got tough and fear started settling in, that dark cloud started coming our way, all of a sudden, people had to stand up or cower. And Bill McDaniel stood up. He stood up and said, everybody's essential in Collier County. We can't afford to pick who's essential, who's not. Everybody's essential from teachers to doctors to nurses, God bless them, to all of our first responders, to realtors, and to every business owner in this town. Everyone is essential. And he stood up for it, and he went against the fear-driven, unconstitutional, unenforceable mass mandates. And he gotten, he's gotten a lot, of, a lot of flack for it, a lot of negativity for it, and he continued to stand up, as did Donna Fiala. So I thank him for doing that. And I know Alfie Oates, who was outspoken as well, that's why he's a big fan. When you come in the doors to see the table, Bill McDaniel's become famous because he is honored as the thousands of people that walk through those doors every week to see the table. By the way, the number one grocery store in America, sidebar note, he is recognized because he's earned that. He's right. earned the respect of the community. He's earned the respect of business owners like Alfie Oates and myself, Byron Donalds, our soon-to-be U.S. congressman. And everybody that I know that's worth something and stands by their word is a fan of Commissioner Bill McDaniel, and we need him to stay on there. We we found that all of a sudden how important these uh, political these political positions are in our day to day lives. And let me tell you, we ain't out of the woods yet, so we need Bill back on there for four more years to stand up for guys like me and you and you, Ricky, for Marzuko Real Estate, for John R. Wood, and for everybody in this community. Because again, in the words of Commissioner Bill McDaniel, we are all essential. And who gets elected changes the landscape. So, Bill, I have a question for you. What, what would you say is going to be your number one thing you would like to do after you get reelected? Start to adjust the system of how Collier County conducts its business. Reprioritize the expenditure of our taxpayers' money. I, tru I truly believe that there are three primary things that local government should do. Number one, keep our families and neighborhoods safe. Number two, move our people to and through roads, bridges, storm water, subsurface infrastructure, water and sewer. Number three, and then only number three, when you've done everything you need to do on one and two, quality of life. Now, there is a bleed over out of quality of life into the first two, of course, but we need to reprioritize how we've been spending Collier County taxpayers' money. It's been very politically correct to jump from one, keep our families and neighborhoods safe, to three, and spend millions of dollars in our landscape, beautiful medians that go down the road, and not provide for the roads and, and the subsurface infrastructure to take care of that quality of life for our people. Growth is not the issue. Everybody talks about growth and the degradation of our quality of life. Growth is inevitable. Sovereign property rights, as I talked about earlier, Having the necessary infrastructure to support the people that are here is requisite of local governments too. And that's my number one goal in the next four years. And that will also create more jobs Amen. here in Southwest Florida, well, which is what it's all about, right? Economic prosperity, Rick. We don't have to raise people's taxes when we're all making a lot of money. And if we are prioritizing how we're actually spending our taxpayers' money, there's certainly enough. Collier County's blessed. We're a very affluent community. As long as if we can reprioritize how we're spending our taxpayers' money, everybody wins. And it's, it seems very simple because once people are making more money, they're spending more money. They're putting more money back into their homes. They're putting more money back into uh, infrastructure and things like that that will grow our economy locally here, which will branch out to Fort Myers, Cape Coral, 
and other people will start taking notes and seeing what we're doing here. So few people actually know and understand that it, it, you can spiral the wrong way or you can spiral up. And if we provide for prosperity for our community, for the folks that live here, get government out of the way, reduce the bureaucracy, reduce the taxes, everybody wins. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. joining us here now, we have Mr. Alfie Oaks from Seat to Table. This gentleman is a businessman, and he's also an entrepreneur, and he's built a lovely, I mean, this place is something out of, the, out of this world. There's so much you can do here. I can, you can even uh, have your kids uh, babysat. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, so, the first of all, I'd like to say of um, how incredibly blessed that I feel to live here in Southwest Florida, uh, to have raised my children. I have three children, raised all three children here in Southwest Florida. Uh, actually, raised all three of them here in, in Naples. And um, and I like to say my my favorite thing is that we've made less bad decisions than just about anywhere else in the in the United States in my opinion uh, and and uh, I don't think Bill McDaniels made any bad decisions but uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, the, with the rest of his commission he's been forced to make some some somewhat bad decisions but uh, but the, the uh, it, it is it is a blessing to to be here um, I personally uh, through the grace of God have never had to wear a mask anywhere and um, uh, you know, I, I came out. I came out really hard against knowing how how important a good, strong immune system is, and um, and my family. All we all eat healthy. Uh, I went out the maybe first week that the whole COVID thing became an issue, and was doing my first thing that I wanted to do is get the news out on the a, a drink that I co call called the Doctor, where we we drink uh, as every healthy thing that you can imagine in there, from turmeric and garlic and ginger and beets and lemon, and and I just talked because I was. The main thing I want to get the message out there: eat healthy, and you're going to get a, a strong immune system, and you don't have to worry about it. And yeah. a lot of people, when at that fear-based time, people want to call you out and say, "Oh, you're out of out of your mind." Well, you know, here we are, five months later. I've been hugging and kissing every single person that walks through the door, 500, 1,000 people a day, and I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I don't think it's a it's a coincidence. But um, also, we have the beautiful sunshine down here, and uh, and the healthy lifestyle, and and. Um, you know, it, it is just, uh, it's a great place to, to be in Southwest Florida. Here. And, and both of you guys took a lot of scrutiny for standing up for that right of not having to wear a mask, make your own cho your own health choice, which in the end, we live in a free country, right? So you should be able to make your own health choice as far as what you wear on your body. Absolutely. Like, uh, so we, we still have, even right now, believe it or not, there's a handful of our employees still want to wear masks and, and I'm supportive of anyone. Like, we, we never say... That, that's the whole great thing about this country. You can vote who you want to vote for. You can wear a mask. You can wear a full body suit or a football helmet or whatever you want to wear in here. I'm totally fine with it. But um, but whatever makes you feel comfortable. But uh, but we don't want the we don't necessarily need the government to mandate these things about our health. And and I'm obviously very much against a mandated vaccine. Same thing. If you want to shoot yourself with whatever, I, it's fine with me. Do it in your own house. But but don't, I don't want the government telling me what I'm going to put in my veins. So. That makes perfect sense. And now, you know, obviously we're coming up on the, um, it's an election year, we're coming up on the elections. How important would you say it is to still uh, network and, bring, and kind of bring the community together? I feel like everybody's kind of shifting away and, and there's a lot of division and there's a lot of anxiety um, and frustration. But at the end of the day, if Rick likes rum and I like tequila, you know, and he's got a, he's got rum sticker on the back of his car and he's broken down on the side of the road, I'm still 
you know, we, we're, we can sit down and have a conversation about this. There doesn't need to be badgering and name-calling. Well, we, pe- pe- people think I'm weird when I say this kind of stuff. It's kind of a machismo thing in this day and age or whatever. But to me, it's all about love. And, um, and I demonstrate that throughout our staff here. When I first came out as being a very strong, vocal, opinionated person, I came out very strongly against the Black Lives Matter group, the, the, what they stood for, not obviously against Black Lives Mattering, of course, and I, was, I thought I was very, very clear on that, but you know, they wanted to twist your words around. Well, it, it turns out with the almost 600 employees here, several of my employees were on the other side of the fence of that. And I found that out right away, and they started telling me that they felt uncomfortable. So I immediately went to every employee and addressed them individually and, and told them, like, listen, you will never be judged by me of your political faith. That's the great thing about this country. That's why I love this country. And if you want to, when, when the Black Lives Matter comes and, and does the protest, and I'm setting up a fence outside so no one gets hurt on our property because I want them to be safe. I care about those people just as much as I care about every person that's inside of this building. And I, and I said, if you're over there, you are never going to be judged any different way by me. I'm still going to come in and love you the same way. I might think in the back of my mind that you could possibly be a little misguided or that you might need to to learn a few more things about what's going on, but uh, but that, that's all the evolution that, that all of us are on. I'm so, I certainly don't think the same way right now at 52 years of age that I did when I was 21. So I understand that, and I certainly respect their opinion. And um, as a matter of fact, today, one of the most vocal vocal persons that I'm looking at right there, she's back behind the bakery, the girl standing there with her, with her head down. She came up to me today and gave me this huge hug. She just bought a house today for the first time. It's her first house ever. She just, just closed on it today and just gave me a hug and thanked me. And she was one of the, the persons that came up to me really concerned about whether she was going to be able to continue working here because we took such a strong stance on the other political side as she, she does. But we immediately addressed it, and through, through communication and love, we made her understand that, listen, we can, we can agree to disagree. I can yeah. still respect you. And, and I think that we just need a little bit more of that going on, going on in our country, and, 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 um, and then you know, things would work, work a lot better. And that's what makes our country the greatest country of all time, is we can have these opinions, we can have these thoughts, we can talk to each other like human beings, but when the badgering and name-calling starts coming out, it divides us more than anything in this country. I've said regularly is all I'm looking for is tolerance. You're not gonna, we're not gonna agree a hundred percent of the time. I have a quick story to share with you. I was uh, talking to one of my neighbors. Uh, we don't agree at all politically. He's a different color than I am. And we were talking, and I said, I know Chris, you really don't agree with what I do. And he goes, Billy, he said, I really do. I agree with 80, 90 percent of the decisions you make. And I looked at him and I said, if you got along with your wife 80, 90% of the time, you'd have a better marriage. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it just boils down to tolerance. That's all. You're entitled to your opinion as I am mine. I sat, I sat at the, the bar here. I see the table with you probably a few weeks ago, and you told me something that has stuck with me. And I asked you about politics and how do you accommodate for everybody. And you told me about that 80% middle rule. Could That's you explain right. that? Absolutely. I learned this early on. 20% of the population that I govern, I'm never going to get. 10% are pegged to the left, extremist, and equal amount are pegged to the right. Never going to get them. I don't govern to these extremities, either on the right or on the left. I govern to the 80% of us that are right here in the middle. Some lean a little left, some lean a little right, but they genuinely want the greater good to be served for everyone. And that's how I manage that. Everyone deserves a voice. The extremists are the loudest, most vocal portion of our community at all. But 
this is this is the group that I govern to. Yeah. And, and what would you say that? Uh, I mean, we've seen it every year. There's there's some, uh, you know, around election time. There's always some angst in uh, each party trying to. But technology and the world of the internet and the way that media, mainstream media, and everything is portraying everything. How much of a factor is that? That that been over the years like that's it's crazy today well and, and, and i mean for me it's difficult because i tell the truth all the time even if it isn't what you want to hear and so i have to oftentimes overcome and do double and triple time to overcome the fear-mongering that, that is put forth by the media i mean two weeks ago our governor put on a two-hour uh, news broadcast with scientists and absolutely debunked what the media has force-fed our country for the past six months is amazing, absolutely amazing. So with when you, when you don't have control of your media source, of your voice, it get, things get twisted. Yeah, we, we've seen firsthand uh, how devastating the media can be. Um, uh, I, 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 honestly, I can't even really watch any of the, the mainstream media anymore because I've been around it too long. I've been I've been on the side of it here just recently when we had when when that first you know back in 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 June when the BLM came here and they had a hundred people and we had fifteen hundred people and they show on the news and make it look as if there was more people on the BLM side and 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 I've watched that happen over and over again with just about everything and they have very little respect anymore for the truth it just has to do with whatever's going to sell you know make a bigger story and sometimes they're even worse than that following a specific agenda. And, uh, and we know that that's what, the way that it runs. Most everybody, fortunately, has, has awakened to that. Uh, I think Donald Trump has done more uh, to, to bring that to the surface uh, than, than any, anyone before him. Uh, but there's still a lot of people that buy into it. I mean, this whole, this whole uh, pandemic, uh, when we really look at the, the numbers of people that, that, the mortalities that we've had, uh, compared to like the amount of people that have actually died in this country compared to the same like first of the month of October in 2018, 2019 compared to the first of October 2020, it's not that many more people. Obviously, they played a, a very amazing game by chalking these deaths over up to the, all the comorbidities. They did even come out, thank God, themselves and admitted that only six percent of the people really died of COVID-19 versus the comorbidities. But, but um, the media had a lot to gain by instilling fear into everyone that keeps people tuned in. Uh, the facts, unfortunately, don't keep people tuned into the into the media. But the fear fear does an amazing job, and and uh, and you got to keep in mind that that's what they're that's what they're all about is keeping people tuned in. And if you look at the media, how many times do you turn on the TV and see them talking about something that has happened that's great, yeah. right? It's all tragedy. It's all yeah. this person's against this person. It's never it's never about oh this community came together and created this or did this. It's always about something negative. It's never it's never any more about something positive that has happened so each i feel like instead of instead of one side saying defund the police we should all say defund the media because they're putting out so much misguided information out there it's unbelievable yeah nobody nobody knows what to believe anymore that's the beautiful thing about um about technology is that there there are these there are, are these podcasts and things like this that we can do to get the truth out and, um, and, and, and there's a lot of those, those little networks going out that are really hitting a lot of people and it's doing a lot of good. And uh, I don't know where we would be today if it, if it weren't for social media. And now we're even seeing obviously a lot of the sensory sensors coming into social media. Um, I think that if I was to 
to bring in the H word, that medicine that they use that starts with the H, and I was to say that, that this podcast might get blocked because you're not even, there's certain things that you can't even say uh, uh, on, on any, any media anymore without it getting blocked. It's really scary uh, that, that, that the, the depths of it are, are reaching that, that even that far. Which is violating your First Amendment. If you can't say what you feel without threatening someone, then what's the point of almost living in this country? We're almost like a communist country at that point. Absolutely. Well... I don't want to keep you guys too long. I know we've got a lovely event you got to get ready for here in the next few minutes. But um, if there's you know, anything you want to say, any parting words of wisdom, or um, you want to plug yourself, plug your business. Uh, I mean, you're doing great, LP. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, they don't know by now. Hey, we, I mean, we, you got we, the best ribeye in Collier County. Yeah, so. we got, we got, there's a couple more parking spots left out there, so we gotta, we got to plug it up. Uh, but, uh, the, no, I mean, one of the biggest compliments I get to this store is when people come in here and they tell me that it feels like home and they tell me that it's the only place that they've been in, in six months or five months that feels normal. Those are things that I love to hear. And, and there is this, the store is filled up with a lot of great customers, great energy. And, uh, and, and I, you know, we're blessed to be here and I and obviously invite every, anyone that's not, not been here to come, to come check us out. And how important is the quality of the food? The quality is everything. The quality of our service uh, from our people and the integrity of every food product that we sell. Every single, every single thing in this store is made from scratch, whether it's every bread is baked in the morning from the very bottom up. Not, there's not one baked off item, not one cookie, not, not one anything is taking a shortcut. So it's all, it's all from, you know, we got, that's why we have 600 employees at one store because everything is from scratch. Perfect. Seat to table. Seat to table. Say it again. <laughs> You know, I didn't know they had a gym in here. Yeah. I've been here several times, and yeah. I never knew. Yeah, that. come check your kids in, buy a steak. Uh, the steak you buy, buy the steak from the butcher shop. You pay the same amount as if you would take it home. We'll cook it for you for free. Which, by by the way, I recommend saying dealer's choice to the chef. Let let them pick out the steak for you because they always pick out the best one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Little tip. And for you, thank you very much for having the opportunity. I want to I want to share with everybody that it has been my honor serve as your county commissioner and i look forward to the next four years awesome. yeah, and then uh, bill is an amazing commissioner i wish we could have four more bills in there we, if we had five bills in there i'd be happy because he's he's uh he's spot i mean he's done a lot of great things for this county and uh we we really need uh never in my life i think in any of our lives have, have we really been able to witness how important it is to, for our local government the people that represent us locally and and, and i'm just kind of Jumping on, on what Patrick said, it, it became very apparent how, how important that is. So uh, I think it's got a lot of people really opening their eyes into the local politics. And that's my hope. You know, there again, I think our forefathers perceived to be government of and by and for the people. And so that's what it's all about. It's very simple. Amen. Very simple. Well, uh, check out this podcast when you guys get a chance at Doors Open Connect. We got a couple more guests that want to come on now. Yep. We'll get you guys out of here. Good luck. November 3rd. Vote awesome. Bill McDaniels. Thank you so much. No problem. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you guys. And continuing with the live event and the coverage here at uh, Bill McDaniels um, celebrating uh, Collier County Commission and the upcoming election to re-elect him, um, we have Deja Anahosa. Close. Inahosa. Inahosa. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. It's okay. Everyone but We, we couldn't it. be school teachers, <laughs> trust me. And I've got Dan Cook, Cook with us. And... Uh, Tell us a little bit about you guys. Well, I, I've lived here in Naples for about 13 years, 
and I've been politically active pretty much since I moved here to Naples. Uh, I think I have an interesting story. Uh, when I Probably the first month that I lived here in Naples, I was driving down US 41, and I saw a whole bunch of people on the side of the road with a bunch of Ron Paul for President signs. So I decided to actually pull my car over and join the group. I ended up pretty much just like falling in love with the Constitution and the political process. I got involved in his presidential campaign back in 2008. I got involved in the Naples Tea Party. Um, that's actually where I met Byron Donald. Uh, he and I actually shared a flatbed trailer as our stage <laughs> back at one of the Tea Party rallies uh, here in Naples. And I've been involved in politics pretty much ever since. Um, I'm a single father. Uh, work, uh, I was working full time as a legal assistant. That's where I met Deja. Um, and then this past April, when the lockdown happened, Deja contacted me and said, Dan, we have to do something about what's going on. And that's where the Tyranny Response Team was born. And it's now morphing into the Patriot Project. And we have a huge freedom rally coming up next Saturday on the 24th. So. That's a little bit of about where I'm where I'm coming we'll from. Run perfect, perfect. Okay. And Daisy. <laughs> um, so I've lived in Naples for about eight years. Okay. I'm from the state of Washington, Washington State, and uh, moved here eight years ago with my husband. Um, for a, a, I'm a retail general manager. It's been my background. Um, but this last two years, I kind of hung my retail hat and wanted to kind of pursue um, a more entrepreneur. Um, I guess career and when when COVID happened um, it just kind of redirected my focus on everything and I realized that I have a passion for leadership and for ethical government and I well I've always had a passion for leadership and ethical government but when I saw how the commissioners not Bill McDaniel when I saw how the commissioners um, responded to the pandemic, I realized that I need to run for county commissioner in 2022. Okay. So that has become my main goal is to restore ethical leadership from the constitution in our local government. Um, I'm married, my husband's a DJ producer, and I've been working with Dan. Um, we've known each other for a year. We've become really good friends and great business partners. And uh, with everything we're doing with Patriot Project, um, it's been amazing to see how the community come together and just everything we're doing here at Seated Table with Alfie and Freedom Friday and just seeing everyone come together for freedom and wanting to uphold the Constitution. I just think it's, it's been an amazing synergy and it's been incredible. Can you talk about that a little bit more, the Patriot? Uh, Patriot Project? The pa uh, Patriot Project. Yeah, actually I'm going to give it back to Dan to talk about the Patriot Project because this is becoming his baby. Yeah. Absolutely. So the Patriot Project was an idea that I've had kind of lingering in my mind for several years. Uh, it, it started off as the part-time Patriot Project, <laughs> and there, there's two reasons why I called it that. One, a lot of I, I've come across a lot of people who are concerned about what's going on in America, who want to get involved in politics, but they're real busy with work and balancing family life. And so I wanted to create a, a project, if you will, that makes it easy or easier and convenient for people who have a passion to re, you know, make America great and to restore our republic to get involved uh, without having to you know, spend hours and hours at commissioner meetings or spend you know, as much time as I spend on researching the issues and uh, developing you know, the, the, the newsletters or doing podcasts or, or what have you. And then the other 
reason why I call it the part-time Patriot Project initially is because we all have a part to play. Whether that part is going full-time and uh, you know attending every commissioner meeting and petitioning your governor and getting involved at every different level, or if your part is just you know standing on the side of the corner with the sign saying, you know, Bill McDaniel's for county commissioner, or if your if your part is just helping out by promoting events or just sending a few emails here and there. We all have a part in our community and, and in restoring our country. So uh, it, it is now morphed into, uh, I think I think Alfie kind of coined the term, the Patriot Project. <laughs> it just kind of rolls off the tongue a little better. But the, Sounds good. Thank you. So the, the, the mission statement for it is to make political activism as fun, easy, and convenient as possible. And so that's what we're here doing today. And, and that's, that's a good thing because a lot of people don't know how to contribute to to politics or things like that they just see what they see on tv and they're like oh man i should do something but i don't know what to do yep we heard a lot of i want to do something but i don't know what to do and so that's when dan was like okay we're going to start petitioning um so i think what was really fun is to what really got people together was we came up with a petition to was it um uh open the beaches no i'm sorry that was the protest We the were, first petition was for ending the mask mandate correct. the first time. We've done it a couple times. We've had a couple meetings. But the first time, Dan drafted a beautiful petition. We came to see the table. We started collecting signatures. It was totally awkward. I felt so out of place. And Dan's like, you're a super people person. Why is this awkward for you? Um, but then we came into the second time, and then it's almost like people just said, I want to help. I want to do petitions too. So we come to see the table, start passing out clipboards, and everyone just started going around the store on Freedom Friday and collecting signatures, and people were taking clipboards home with them, going to their businesses, going to their work, um, you know, with their, getting their friends and family to sign. So it really became a collective community effort to get these petitions signed to show our commissioners that we do not consent to a mask mandate. Um, and pretty much 90% of us have never worn a mask. We will not wear a mask. And um, it, should, it should be your own choice, right? It should be a choice, absolutely. Nothing should be mandated. Um, so that was actually kind of the fun kickoff to what we, we used to be the tyranny response team. And we've just kind of grown into like a more mature, more focused um, effort. And so when we realized we wanted, our whole mission was to make political activism as fun, easy, and convenient as possible, we turned into the Patriot Project, and it just kind of felt like it kind of morphed and formed into this collective, organized effort. You know, I'm starting to think about it. You were here, what, <laughs> about a month ago with those, right? Yeah. Yes. I signed one because <laughs> my band was playing Hat Trick, which plays here every Monday. I'm plugging them right now. Absolutely. Plays every Monday, 5 to 8. And you were downstairs at yep. the bar, and I remember going up and getting a drink and saying, what do you got there for me to sign? That's and right. you said, no mask. I said, okay, I'm cool with signing that. I'll so sign it. <laughs> now I'm putting a face with a name here. That's it's great. all coming back around full circle. And when you guys yeah. mentioned fun, you had mentioned uh, that Dan raps a little bit here. Yeah, we got to hear a rap oh, now. Oh, he's yeah. so good. Oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed. Absolutely. I might throw this out here. If you rap, maybe Deshaun might rap. No. Ooh, no, 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 rap no. battle. No, he's retired. Rap he's retired. battle. He's retired. <laughs> yep. Reason, re, reason's retired. Oh. But Dan is not. Dan's no, I'm, Dan's uh, not retired. Correct. Not not retired. Uh, I don't know if he wants to spoil the rap for later, but... Maybe give us a quick verse. Well, half a bar. Okay, Make bar. America right. great. I'm a rate. What's my fate? <laughs> oh, she's got <laughs> it. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I wrapped on the boat. All right, let's go. Let's go a little acapella. All right, so we're we're here for Donald Trump. We're here to make America great. What are we doing? We're here to defeat the deep state. 
And what is the date? Yeah, wait, I said it's November 3rd, so make sure you go vote. Don't be absurd. You could call me a nerd, and that's all right, because what are we here to do? We're here to unite. Unite around freedom. That's what brings us around. So open your ears and listen to the sound. I've gone down that road. I've done it once or twice, but I'm just here chilling, taking some advice. I'm eating minute rice. I think I'm kind of hungry, but let me just sip this drink, because you know what? The money. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there we go. Woo! The crowd goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really hard going acapella with no beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you did That's great. Awesome. That's hey, cool. You did great. You know, um, uh, that takes a lot of... And it's awesome. I, I think it, uh, that's fun. Uh, you know, that's bringing the fun into the politics. Um, but again, you know, community networking, bringing each other together, having a voice. Um, you're willing to listen to somebody who might be um, of a different opinion. Of course. Um, we can all have our differences and we can all disagree, agree to disagree. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about we're being human first. Yeah. Um, we're, and we're, earlier, Deshaun talked about, he, he mentioned something when we were talking about with Bill and Alfie. Deshaun likes tequila, I like rum. Doesn't mean we can't sit down and have a conversation. Exactly, right? yeah. So we can always have a conversation, but when badgering starts, name calling starts, it's like, come on, how old are we here? Right. We're adults here. At the end of the day, we're all Americans, no matter what side you're on. And there's, there's what, like eight political parties? You got the Green Party, you got the Red Party, you got the Blue Party, you got the Independent, you got, there's so many parties, right? We can all sit down and be Americans and have a conversation. We don't have to yeah. call each other names, right? Yeah, absolutely. Precisely, precisely. All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for taking the time. I know you guys got to jump on. Yes, uh, we're going on to the live event now, so thank you so much. Thank you guys and, uh, so much. Happy to have you. Pleasure. All Thanks right. Thanks for having us. Here. Yes, have a good weekend. Oh, we're going to see you at the rally. Oh, yeah. On the 24th. 24th. Yeah, quick, yep. yeah, quick plug. The Freedom Rally to uh, bring to light the dangers of socialist ideology as well as providing solutions for citizens this is going to be october 24th 11 a.m to 3 p.m the freedom rally and we're at yep right. we're gonna have a dj we're gonna have food alfie's in some catering we've got some sponsorship opportunities available um I and mean, we're gonna have obviously a ton of people are gonna be coming out it's gonna be awesome a great community event perfect you said food i'm there we're there <laughs> take care yes And we're here tonight after Mr. Uh, Commissioner, County, uh, Collier County Commissioner Bill McDaniels. We're here to support him. But we also have with us this evening um, Mr. Byron Donalds. And we have him live now on the podcast here at Seat to Table. Thank you, Alvy Oaks, for your hospitality. Yes, Thank sir. you, Patrick Dearborn, very much um, for introducing us and bringing us on. Um, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, Byron, you got, you got, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, man. Originally from Brooklyn, New York. I've lived here in uh, Naples for 17 years. My career is in banking, insurance, financial services. Served the last uh, four years in Florida's legislature. You know, I've known this wild man, Pat Dearborn, for too long. You know, we actually met on uh, youth football fields over at First Baptist. All right. Our, you, know, my, you know, his son and my older son. And so they played against each other and played with each other. And that's how we met. And I just, you know, been a regular guy. Got involved in politics 10 years ago. Never thought I was going to run for office, but, you know, now going to Washington. I tell you what, man. Yes, sir. Heck of an accomplishment, and we never thought we'd be doing a live podcast with you here at Seed to Table, man. And you started with waving signs on the side of the street yeah. for, for people's rights. Yeah, oh, man, but, yeah, this is going back almost mm, What made you get now? your start? What, what made you say, I need to switch from the finance field to politics? 
So actually, it's because of finance. So when the financial collapse was happening in 08, you know, I had to uh, do some research for my company. And I turned on the House Financial Services Committee because they were having a hearing on the financial collapse. So I turned the thing on. And I'm like, who are these, like, what are these guys talking about? They don't know anything. And I was mad because as a young guy just trying to get my career off the ground, I knew so much more about our financial system than the men and women of Congress. And so that's the first thing that got me looking at politics. Like, wait, I got to I gotta look at this more. Because if these guys are running the, running the show and they don't know what they're talking about, then I'm worse if I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not involved. Right. So that's what got me started. And the real estate, fa- the real estate sector and the financial sector is the biggest part of our economy. Oh, yeah. those, those things collapse, everything collapsed. In 2008, the real estate collapsed. And what happened to the rest of the economy? Huge oh. collapse. People aren't buying or selling homes, big collapse. That's how it works. So with you seeing that and the collapse happen, and you said, I need to make my start into politics. How did you make that start? What was your first step? started you know i really just started uh, listening to podcasts you know listening to that listening started watching you know cable news although i didn't watch it for very long because i thought it was annoying i didn't really like cable news it's so, it's, it's bad man it's i mean terrible. they just they report the surface they do like surface stuff they don't cover everything they cover the stuff that fits their narrative but it's gonna get people to, like look and be like "Ooh, let me see this but they don't get into details on these issues let's let's speak the truth so each mainstream media is owned by either a Republican or Democrat, correct? So each so each one of the media companies they're actually owned by publicly traded corporations. Alright? So they're like a they're like a, a, a their parent company is publicly traded. They're in the business of making money. Let's right. just be one hundred percent about right. this. As much as the liberals like to say, oh, we gotta get money out of politics, nonsense. You never get money out of anything. Money is a part of how we we live our lives. It's here. We just gotta acknowledge it and be honest about it. So they all have a job to do. Their job is to make money. They make money by selling advertising. The advertising can only get sold if they know people are watching. Right. And how do you make sure people stay watching? If it bleeds, it leads. You can't report news. You gotta you gotta sensationalize. And that's what they do. So as a younger guy coming in trying to figure out politics, watching cable news was like the worst thing to do. Because you don't get all the facts. So I had to go and start reading white papers. I would read political philosophy. I read about Locke, Montesquieu, um, the the things that the, the writings that the framers looked at when they formed the constitution, read the Federalist Papers. So then once I did my own research and my own understanding of historical uh, political philosophy, then I could look at today and be like, well, all right, that's nonsense there because if we do, if we follow that plan, here's where that plan has failed multiple times in world history. Forget America for a, mo- for a moment. Not just America. Every time you've tried that in the history of the world, here's where it failed. Here's why it failed. Here's why we're not supposed to be doing that. And so when you start looking at public policy and politics that way, it's actually pretty simple. It's not that hard. Right. And so I want to I want to talk about community for a moment because right now we're coming up we're, we're we're coming up on the elections and everybody's tense and you're either extreme right or left and if you're mm. in the middle it's like it's a weird atmosphere altogether you know um, how important it is to is it to bring people together despite their their beliefs um, you know helping each other out at the end of the day we're still human you know um, what what would you say 
to, to the people out there that are, you know, getting just so angry over everything. And we we know it's the media. Right. Uh, we know that it's the internet. And though all although the internet helps us out in a big way, and it, it's it's communicated. Um, it's leading us down this dark hole now. It's it's dividing us all together. You know, I watched that uh, social dilemma on the Netflix. Great movie. It was it was crazy, right? I mean, I was so close to deleting my social media, but then I'm like, I'm a real estate agent. I got to promote my stuff. <laughs> but, but you can say literally, the world is flat still, and there will right. be you know they're going to show you a hundred thousand articles on why the world they think the world is flat versus it's not. Up is down, down is up. How important is that? Because it's different now. Right. Um, what would you say to people? And how can we bring it back to the community and networking where people just say, like, hey, I, 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 you're still a human being. Rick, I love you, even though you love rum. I love tequila. Why do we have to? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why do we, how well, do first we, of all, you right, he's wrong. <laughs> rum, I mean, come on, man. Oh, come on, come man. On, man. Spice rum. Come on, man. We're, no, we're, no, we're no, close no. to the Caribbean. Oh, come on, how do we bring, How do we bring people back together? We're not this? freshmen in high in college anymore. Come on, man. <laughs> a little <laughs> rum and Coke. We're, we're, we're close to the Caribbean. Come on, man. Come on, Byron. Let me have my drink. <laughs> hey, can yeah. I? I'm going to jump in here one real quick because that question is right up his alley. But I'm going to tell you why I've been drawn to Byron Donalds for 12 years. He is real, meaning that he doesn't. He does not judge anybody by the skin, by their skin color, their, their religious beliefs, uh, who their favorite football team is. Even though he's been known to bash on some Miami fans once in a while, Hurricane fans. He's a big Seminole fan. Um, but all joking aside, man, the the reason why he won this, I think, was the toughest, most contentious primary in our history here in this county, and in our region, Southwest Florida because there is such a need to drain that swamp up in D.C. And he never talks about it, man. He's a humble guy, but it wasn't about a couple weeks ago that President Donald Trump had him up there in the Oval Office. He has got big things planned, and Byron's going to be front and center and the new face of what you're talking about. Let's talk. Let's not hate each other. Let's cut down the anxiety. Let's cut down the fear. And let's get to the problem and get it solved. Byron Donalds, our soon-to-be U.S. congressman, is a problem solver, and he's all about bringing people together. Right. He'll stand up for what's right. He'll never conform. He'll never concede. He'll never back down for what he stands for and what we, the people that voted him in, asked him to stand for. He'll never concede on that. But he will have discussions. I cannot wait for him to debate all the people on the other side that want to yell and scream, the person he's running against right now, all she wants to do in these debates is yell and scream. He's calm, cool, collective, and this guy's going to go to D.C. and help change the world. So there's a, couple, there's a couple things you touched on there, Patrick. One was we can have a conversation. We don't have to, we don't have to try to debunk each other. We don't, have to, we don't have to talk crap to each other. We don't have to name call we don't have to do that we can have a conversation it's super easy like Deshaun was talking about respectable he likes tequila I like rum but we can still sit together at the bar and have a conversation we don't have to call each other names second of all I'm a big FSU fan so I respect that (laughs) Um, another thing is the, the thing is when election year comes it divides us so much because people cannot sit down and just have a conversation you like this I like this how can we meet in the middle how can we make things work for both people? So my question to you, Byron, is so you were to get let's say you get elected tomorrow, okay? 
What would be your first thing you would want to do or change for the state of Florida or help the state of Florida out? I mean, well, there's a couple things. I mean, for, first, the first thing I want to accomplish is uh, congressional term limits. I mean, it's time for oh, a lot no. of these people to go home, man. I mean, look, yeah. we're $26 trillion in debt. Depending on what station you watch or depending on who you like to believe, the country has never been worse or never been better. Um, the reality is, is that America is fantastic. I mean, you can walk through your community and see that. And even in the communities in our country that are, you know, really struggling, whether you're talking about Immokalee, whether you're talking about Liberty City in Miami, Seminole Heights in Tampa, you, you, you're around uh, Camping World in Orlando, uh, if you're up in, uh, in Duval, Jacksonville, you know, the, du the Jacksonville people, Duval, I, I know them. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're in Baltimore, D.C., uh, Brooklyn, New York, where I grew up. That's my town, D.C. There are, there are definitely rough places in the country that need help to kind of get out of this situation. But by and large, this is the best country in the world. Anybody who's born here today, you literally have the golden ticket in the history of the world. Because there's no place anywhere in the history of any society on our planet where you would have more opportunity to excel and succeed than 2020 in the United States of America. It doesn't exist. <clears throat> and so I think, you know, going really to both of y'all questions, how do you bring people together? How do you, what's the first thing you want to do? First of all, you got to get a lot of people out of there who are more focused on keeping their power yes. than what's necessary for the future of the country. Let's look at what's going on with the current uh, CARES Act that they're trying to negotiate. Nancy Pelosi's on CNN talking about how she is trying to do what's right by the American people with the president's holding out. Then the reporter's like, yeah, but you got members of your own caucus, Democrats, who are like, let's just get the deal done. Right. And she lost it. She started going off on the reporter, started accusing him of, of being nefarious. And so that's somebody who's more interested in their power than what's going on with the American people. Now, when it comes to Democrats, not elected, I'm talking about people. Right. Whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, most people just want their society to just move on and succinctly and just be calm and cool and collected. The other big thing that people are really looking for, in my opinion, is when you out there, when you have the stump, when you got the microphone, you have to be clear, you got to be concise, you got to be factual, but yeah, you got to be, you, you, people got to kind of like you. This is, this is a thing. People got to like you. So if you can do those four things, I think a lot of people will end up following you and being like, you know what? I can mess with him. I can mess with Bill McDaniel. This guy, he just is consistent. And I think people really respect that. At the end of the day, we get along as human beings. Right. We really do. Right. And we want to get along right. for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's Everybody's never going to agree because that's impossible. Right. But we, we agree on enough that we can get the big things done, the things we can't agree on. That's what elections are for. And that's okay. Um, last thing I'll say is I have some good friends who are Democrats that I served with in the Florida legislature. Man, we're really good friends. Right. We hang out. Right. We disagree on politics. And so somebody, we were actually, a couple of us were at this dinner, and a lobbyist was at the dinner, and was asking, like, how is it that y'all can get along? You know, because you're a liberal, and he's very conservative, so how is it that y'all get along? Right. And so my friend, he said it, he was like, look, Byron and I, we don't agree on a lot of this stuff, but our how we came up as people how we grew up as kids is, are, are the same. 
So our relationship is really born out of the things we have in common as black men who were poor black kids growing up. We just have different ways of trying to accomplish the things. Right. And I think that most America is there. Like we have come up similarly for the most part. We actually agree in how our upbringing started. If you really talk about how somebody grew up, the issue is we disagree on how we're gonna organize society going forward. Hey, try to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna um, decorate your house with your wife. <laughs> See who wins that battle, you know. But that doesn't mean that the marriage is over. It just right. means you're gonna disagree on something. Right, and that's that's that that's spot on. That's a hundred percent right. And I really appreciate that outtake. And thank you so much for uh, giving us that feedback. I won't take up too much of your time. I know you're running away on us. You said we got a five minute limit. Um, but if you got to. blew through that. Oh, okay. See? Yeah. See, we're already there. And we got Mr. Uh, Collier County Commissioner yeah. Bill McDaniels with yeah. us. And uh, we're here. Wait, hold on. Before you go to Bill. Yes. Let's, let's One second, Bill. <laughs> we spiced wrong. So, people, we got we got to figure out this. All right, let me let me thing. let me tell you because, my. Wait, hold on, I'm taking over. I'm gonna take over the interview. Seriously, tell us. You have tequila, you have vodka, right? You got gin. You do have rum. You have you have bourbon. You got whiskey. I can explain you can myself. Go single Byron. malt. No. You can go Irish blend. I mean, there's a lot of. I can things. explain myself, Byron. There's cognac. You know, we didn't even get to wine. I can explain myself. But spiced rum. No I can explain <laughs> myself. I want to hear this. I'm in a rock reggae band, baby, and <laughs> we travel Jamaica and all kinds of places. And I love me some Captain Morgan mm. with right. some Coke. Oh man, that does make some sense. Actually, I might need Jesse to get me one of those right now. But oh. I have a couple questions that I drummed up <laughs> while you were talking. I'm gonna what's, go quick because I know what Bills wants to get in. So what's your? Uh, this is for both of y'all. Okay. What's your best way we can stop the whole left-right division and create a conversation with people where it's not a debate every single second where we talk to each other? What What would be your best way of communicating with people? Well, look. First thing I'm gonna tell you is I don't think you're ever gonna get rid of le of left-right. So I'm gonna keep it real. No, with you. that's never gonna happen. I don't think you're gonna get rid of that. But how, people, can we, how can we develop a conversation where it's not a debate every single second? But see, that see that right there, I think, is that's why I'm disagreeing with the premise. There's always going to be a debate. Always. There should be. Checks and balances. It's like as if you're trying to figure out where we're going for dinner. You want Chinese. I want Italian. Well, why you want... There's always going to be a debate. And mm -hmm. when the stakes are high, the debate's going to get more intense. The issue is, are we going to have our debate on the merits and based upon respect or if what the real problem is in our politics is if you feel you're losing the debate and you know what I'm talking about Bill if you feel you're losing that debate do you then get nasty and character assassinate the person you're losing the debate to you see I'm a, I'm a athlete when I was younger Bill was an athlete if you beat me on the merits man the way I was taught you shake, I shake your hand I'll tip my cat right. shake your hand you got me right but having played basketball, he knows what I'm going to talk about. If I'm going up for a dunk and you take my legs out from under me, see, now you're just trying to hurt me. Right. You're not trying to win on the merits, and that's what makes our politics nasty. It's not when you say, oh, you know what? You got me. You were better. Right. It's when you try to assassinate my character and destroy me that it gets nasty. And then what happens is, oh, I'm now I'm nasty. Well, now I'm going to be nasty back. Mm. And that's just what happens. So that's that part. 
is the part we got to get up, get out the way. My simple answer is transparency. The digital age is upon us. Transparency forces accountability. You can't run from your record, especially with elected officials. If we provide for transparency and force elected officials to make a commitment, no amount of money will rebuy that election over a period of time. With the information age that's on us, transparency forces accountability. I talked to you a little bit before. I, I agree with Byron. The debate's always going to be there. All we're looking for is tolerance. I'm, I'm, I, I, I still love you as a human being, but we don't have to agree and be tolerant and respectful for my opinions as I am for yours. It's that simple. Transparency, though. Transparency is the key to success. We have a lot of divisiveness in our country because of the two-party system. He's getting ready to go to a place that is fraught with the Republicans against the Democrats. We watch it every single day. 94, 96% of our Congress gets reelected every two years. It takes $1.5 million every two years to get reelected. You know who the entities are that have that kind of money? The Democrats and the Republicans. And you gotta take that money. Right. If you don't, you don't get reelected. And so 94, 96, doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, you get reelected. And so transparency though, transparency forces accountability. And with simple rule changes in D.C. On the, on, the, on the House floor, on how they vote on things, and some simple adjustments uh, when it goes off into the committees, we'll be able to ferret through who the good elected officials are. It doesn't matter whether, and again, he believes like I do. It doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican. Do the right thing all the time, even when nobody's looking. Uh, so I, I have a couple, I have a pop-up question. I have one more other question, uh, real quick. So... The American dream is about being free, making your own choices, correct? Correct. So why do you think people have such a tough decision with make, letting the government make your decisions for you or you making decisions for yourself? Because that's, that's pretty much how it's split. Democrats love the fact that government can get involved and make, help make decisions for them. Republicans are kind of like the... Uh, what I call the, the Budweiser sponsorship. Drink beer, shoot our guns, do what we want. So like, how can we meet in the middle? Okay. It's, it's a tough question. Well, you know, it's, it's real. It's part of our society today. And it's not Democrats against Republicans. There is, there is and has been tyranny throughout human history. What's the single common element of control of the human race that's been utilized by tyrannical dictators and leaders throughout history? Single number one? Fear. Fear. Yeah, I agree. The answer, Rick, and it's going to take a while, the answer is education. There is no substitute for education. If we continue to elevate the education level of our population, they will rise above the tyranny that's been put upon them with the fear of X. Mm. And that's where I feel we have so much social media and what I like to call fake news because everybody's a news reporter, right? <laughs> so we, we have so many, so many people saying this or that, and it's like we don't ever have the truth out there. And then it's all of a sudden we have a political debate, and it's like, well, that's not what I heard on this news channel. That's not what I heard this guy say on this news channel. So it's always a big confusion between people 
of what each person said or when they said it and it creates a huge division where we should just be having conversation with each other the, right? the only thing I would add to that to what Bill Bill is 100% right with everything he said <clears throat> only thing I would add to it is the, the battle I guess between Republicans and Democrats really is that there are I'm going to take the word of the Democrats I know who truly believe this stuff they're the true believers they believe that if we organized society their way, it would be better for everybody across the board. That's what they believe. The problem, what I have a problem with is you can't solve everybody's problem. Right. I always like to call it like the remote case. If you write a bill or an ordinance for the one case that's way over there, what you have to do in order to solve that problem is take away freedoms from all these other people just to get to that one. And so knowing just conceptually, government can't solve everybody's problem. It can't. It, when it tries, it creates more problems in the process. And that's why I think you have conservatives are like, no, we, we actually shouldn't be doing that. We know these issues exist. Let's try to find ways to mitigate them as best we can. But we can't just dive headlong into that situation. We're going to create more problems. And so that's kind of, you know, that's how Bill thinks. That's how I think. Right. I know, here's what I know. I know that I'm pretty smart. Man, I can't solve your problems. Right. He likes spice rum. How am I going to solve that? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he, you put a little coke but, in that. But, you but, you but, got it all solved. But, but also, I think a lot of this, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit and say, you know, having a belief in yourself. Right. If you're um, an analyst and you go out and you ch you can change your environment, like you said earlier, America's the best place to, to you, you have opportunities here. It's amazing. Right. But if we're talking sports, right, and I see this all the time because I like the UFC, I like fighting, but at the end of the day, th they'll say, oh, they gave it to the champion, but it was pretty even. Don't leave it up to the referee. Don't put it in the hands of the judges. Don't, don't leave it. Don't put it in the hands of the judges because they're not gonna. They're not always gonna get it right. And you know, there's 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 a hint of favoritism there. But right. go out and believe in yourself and do your own thing. Do do your own. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Obviously, after COVID, entrepreneurship is is, is a huge thing. You know. Um, for me, I was in the service industry for 15 years in hospitality. A, a lot of that's going away. People haven't even realized it yet because the oh, unemployment hasn't run run out. You know, but the stimulus ran out, the, you know, everything else is running out. What happens after that? Right. You know what I mean? So don't leave it up to somebody else's fate to decide your... Well, look, it, the last thing I'm going to add to that, this is where I know myself, I know Bill. This is where we agree with the president 100%. 100% on this one, amongst other things. <laughs> and our elected officials are stupid. These people that have been running the country are dumb. Uh -huh. And they've, they've made a lot of dumb deals. And so, you know, have been in, worked in the business world, business owner, why would I give up my decision making to some politician, especially having met a bunch of politicians? Wow. Like, I'm not giving up my decision making to them. You know, you guys shouldn't be giving your decision making up to us. Right. Our job is to make sure you got the ability to make these decisions for yourself. You guys are right. the translators. Right. I'm just, my job is to make it fair. Get, I'm the referee. I'll throw, I'll throw a flag on the play. But I'm not going to make sure everybody got a trophy. I'm not going to make sure everybody plays equal time. I love it. I'm not going to make sure everybody scores 10 points. Bill's known me a long time. I hate leagues that are run like that because kids don't get better. Right. 
So if, that does, if that's how it works in sport leagues, you can't run that in life. Right. I, I, I agree with that. That's, that's like getting a participation award for doing everything in life. I didn't grow up on participation awards. I grew up Ricky Bobby style. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> so it leads to my last question. Do you think... My name also happens to be Ricky, and I like spice rum with a little bit of coke in it. So what? You last with that drink. So anyway, it leads to my last question. Do you think people have just become lazy and complacent with just seeing... Okay, so you have you have Democrats that watch CNN. You have Republicans that watch Fox. Do you think people have just become complacent and have become lazy and just watch their own news channels and not watch the other channels and try to put themselves... In the shoes of other people. No. Well, let me let me tell you this one. First of all, what's your drink? Man, we need to get you like a Balvini uh, 12 year. <laughs> Man, I got a regular Get you, band, get so you I a love Macallan, love 18, Macallan 18, Big Block, Crystal Glass. Yeah, but we'll Don, get, we can get you right. Don Jamaica, we like a little rum. But listen, you could take single malt anywhere. But anyway, <laughs> any, it's allowed anywhere, okay? <laughs> But no, right. all, in all seriousness, no. I don't think people have gotten more lazy. I think this is what, just what the country... We've always been this way. See, look. At, um, at the dawn of the revolution against the British, only 3% of the colonists supported revolution. Only 3% really? supported revolution. Really? That's it. At the height of revolution... I would have been part of that 3%. There it is. At the height of revolution, 30%, 3-0 supported revolution 30 percent wanted to go back to the british kings wow you know what the other 40 percent were doing man just stay off my land don't bother me i don't want to deal with it just stay off my land <laughs> we've always been this way this is not new right the question is do we have people in place and leadership like we had during the revolution to lead the country to a better place mm -hmm. That's what is necessary. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't build on Well, and I have, a, I have a different thought process. Humanity has very similar interests, but yet different at the same time. There is a, psych, a psychiatric phenomenon called the enlightenment of self-interest. And so you have a predetermined outcome, and then you feed yourself with information that fulfills that predetermined outcome. It's called enlightenment of self-interest. And that's what the human race does. As a general rule, people, you, 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 care most about yourself, your family, your children, and how to provide for them. Right. That's all you really care about. And so you come out of your house on rare occasions, you get to your white picket fence, you seldom come out of that white picket fence because that's your safe place. And you see this thing called government going by with literal lying, cheating, killing, maiming, murder, lying, thieving. Are you incentivized to come out and participate in it? No, you're like us. You're appalled by what you see and retract back, right back to what it is that's most important to you in your safe place with your family. Enlightenment of self-interest fulfills that need when you watch MSNBC or you watch ABC or you watch Fox News. You're feeding predetermined destination that you want to get to so that everything sounds like it was like you wanted to have in the first place. Mm -hmm. Enlightenment of self-interest. Mm -hmm. I have one no, last no, no, thing. No, no, no. We, we got to let, let him go. We got to let him go. I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, I know. He can't, he can't, he can't mm -hmm. contain himself we because he's been drinking that rum. <laughs> I know. You know? 
But let's uh, thank you very much, you guys, for uh, taking the time to sit down with us. Greatly appreciate it. Um, we support you. We hoping that uh, you know go out and vote uh, November third. And um, doors open. Tell me something about an app you guys got, if you don't mind, real second. I, I want a real quick. I heard about a really cool app because you know I opened my first real estate company before you were born, 1987. You hear that? <laughs> Man, what, how young do you think I am, Bill? <laughs> So, so Doors Open Connect is, is again, about bringing people together. But mostly in, in a niche way, it's in the licensed real estate market, licensed real estate agents. You got three or four listings. You're getting busy. You need somebody to, to, to cover you. You need to go away for an emergency. You need, um, you're, you're going away for a wedding. You need people to cover you. What, what do we have? We have? We're getting inundated with emails and emails and emails about listings and listings and listings. So even if it pertains to you, there's a lot of communication that goes a lot of back and forth, and it's just it's it's terrible. And I thought let's create a platform. Why not to connect one another? Um, if you need something done, you need a, a door open. You need somebody to sit in open house because we're all about maximizing exposure. If you're not there, um, you can get your open house sat. Uh, and we've actually had a lot of success this year. We've we have nice. one agent that's um, sold over forty thousand dollars in real estate, and he was brand new to the market. Um, not well pretty much all of his deals have come through the connections made on doors open connect agents were not able to sit those open houses. what's the name of that app again doors open connect got it got it you got to download it trust me we've got accountability features in there um, you put the information in you put all the details in you don't have to do all this back and forth it's already there for you you put the MLS link in there right. it pops up you get a push notification on your mobile device and even and even if you're hosting an open house. You can post it up on the app and let three to four hundred agents in that area know that you're hosting the open house. So which will get out to a bunch of people and give maximum exposure, which stimulates our real estate economy, which stimulates the whole entire economy as itself. Absolutely. It's great. Thanks again, gentlemen. We greatly Absolutely. appreciate this having you on. This is awesome. And best of luck to you in the future. We'll be there. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys. We want to come back.